you are worthy, God. You're worthy in the good times. You're worthy in the bad times. You're with us in the good times. You're with us in the bad times. I thank you, God, that the presence of problems does not indicate your absence. But, Father, you are often near nearest to us, God, in the valley of the shadow of death, God. And it's the reason why we need not fear evil even when we face it, Father God. And we thank you, Lord God, that we have a good, a good Father and a good Shepherd, Lord God, that walks us through everything. We thank you, God, that we serve a God who's the Shepherd who leaves the 99 found sheep to find the one lost. We thank you that when he finds that sheep, he throws a party in heaven. God, that at one point in time, we were that sheep. We were that lost sheep. And God, when we came to you, a party took place in heaven, God. And I thank you that today that there are lost sheep in this house today. There are lost sheep watching online today. And God, they're here or they're watching because you love them and you're pursuing them in the midst of the good, in the midst of the bad. You love them. You want a relationship with them. And you will not relent until you have their heart, God. We thank you for that, God. That's why we sing so loud. That's why we jump up and down and that crazy because we know what it was like to be brought from darkness into light we know what it was like to be from up from the pit and lifted up and redeemed by him father we thank you i just i just feel very strongly impressed upon my spirit today that there are some of you in here that you're here today because of extreme or unusual circumstances that's the only thing that got you in the room today. That's the only thing that got you to click on this live stream link or to watch this back recorded later because something extreme or something unusual was taking place in your life. And the reason why is because God will use those situations because his love for you is extreme. His love for you is unusual. And you're here today because he's pursuing you. And today, you're gonna hear messages out of the mouths of some people that were that lost sheep, some people that were at that lowest point in their life, and God snatched them from the enemy. He snatched them from the darkness. He snatched them from the mouth of the lion, and if he can do it for them, he can do it for you today as well. If you believe that, shout and make some noise unto the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Go ahead and give somebody a high five and be seated. Thank you, worship team. Wow, that was amazing. Let's give it up for our worship team this morning. So good. So good. Praise God. Well, hey, it is my privilege and honor. I mentioned it briefly earlier, but to introduce to you a teen challenge from New River. They drove all the way down from New River today. I heard they woke up with no power. So that kind of stinks, but we got power here. We got Holy Ghost power. Okay, that was really cheesy. I'm sorry. That was really cheesy, but it's true. But it's true. Man, we're so excited to have them here today. And, and I just want to tell you up front because I want you to start preparing your heart. I brought Teen Challenge in uh, for the main reason is because I knew that, as the word says, that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. And we're going to hear some testimony, some stories today. But ultimately, what got my attention is I got a letter in the mail uh, talking about the great financial need that Teen Challenge has right now. And 
I have known about Teen Challenge my entire life. And I have heard testimony after testimony my entire life growing up in the Assemblies of God. I can't even count how many times a Teen Challenge group came to our church and ministered. And it was amazing. There was never a dry eye in the audience. God was moving in a powerful way. But I thought to myself, if there's ever a ministry that should never be in need, it's Teen Challenge. God is doing an incredible work. He has restored fathers to their children. He's restored husbands to their wives. He has uh, picked up the broken pieces and put them back together again. And so if we have an opportunity today to do something to make sure that that ministry continues to happen and to take place, then we're going to do our part, Fountain of Life Church. Come on, can somebody say amen? So I want you to start praying right now. We're going to take up just one offering at the end, and so that'll include our normal tithe and offering. And again, when we give something to something special like this, it goes above and beyond the tithe. The tithe is the 10% that's expected because we believe that God is the provider of all things and the owner of all things in our lives. But today I'm asking you to consider what the Holy Spirit might tell you to give above and beyond that tithe today. And you gotta be very specific since we are only taking up one offering at the end of the gathering today. You have to designate what you want to go towards Teen Challenge. So, um, uh, you make sure you use an offering envelope. If there's not one at your table, they're found at those back metal tables, those tall tables in the back. Make sure you designate, or if you're giving on the app and you just do the pull-down tab and you hit guest speaker, we'll know that that goes to Team Challenge today. Okay, so would you do me a favor? Would you, would you pray about and consider maybe what God would ask you to do in a one-time offering? And then in just a moment, we're gonna watch two videos back-to-back that show you a couple other ways that you can contribute financially to this amazing ministry as well, okay? So we're gonna go ahead and watch these videos and then uh, Pastor Rick is gonna come up and he's going to introduce uh, the first thing that the team's bringing us today, all right? So let's watch the screens. Hello friends, my name is Rick Casto. I'm with Teen Challenge of Arizona. I'm a director for the Christian Life Ranch. Blessingdale's Thrift Stores has seven locations across the state. What makes this such a unique opportunity for you is that when you come into our store and buy something, those proceeds go directly into our students and help those that are struggling with addiction. It's an awesome opportunity where not only do you get great household goods, you also get to be able to help somebody get off of drugs and alcohol. We have everything from kitchen items, to furniture, to camping gear, to sporting equipment, to coffee makers, you name it, we have it. Come on down to Blessingdale's where you get to save money and we get to save lives. My life was a mess. I was doing fentanyl and, and coke, only focusing on one thing and having one thing as my priority. It wasn't my family or my kid or whatever job I was working. It was just, when do, when do I get to get high and when is all this gonna stop? I needed, I needed Teen Challenge and I knew that. God called me out of, out of my mess to Teen, teen Challenge and he, he showed me there's nothing out there for me and the best thing for me is him. The first time I got a letter I was, I was really excited. It was very full of encouragement. There's someone out there who believes that, that I can do this and wants me to further my relationship with God and wants me to, to just live a, live a life for Christ. Just having someone else 
to be supporting you, I think it, it means a lot and it builds up that, that little bit of encouragement or desire to, to keep going because you know that you have other people who, who want the best for you and believe the best for you and, and who are praying for you. It's important because we all need that, that kind of encouragement and that kind of support in our lives. The most memorable thing that a sponsor uh, has said to me was that they will always keep my wife and my daughters um, and myself and my family in their prayers. It was just kind of an encouraging thing that there's actually someone out there that, out there that cares. The fact that someone else in the body of Christ that I've never met before in person is actually communicating with me, it helps. And he just gives me hope for the future, uh, shares scriptures with me, and just uh, boosts up my esteem when I'm feeling low, when I'm feeling sad. It gives me the endurance to move forward when they send me letters in the mail, and it just cheers me up, and I get this warm feeling inside, and it shows that I'm really loved by someone I don't even know. I never thought that I would make it out of there. And without God, without His grace and His mercy, I know that I never, never would have. I know that I would still be there if I wouldn't have encountered Him. And so I'm, I'm very grateful that my life isn't what it was. The Love Them Back to Life sponsorship program was an anchor in, in some of my hardest days going through the program. Hey, Reggie, Joe, come on up. Uh, choir, we're not a professional choir, by the way. Insert long pause right there. Just want to tamper your expectations, but the Bible does say to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen? So I got a couple things I want to do first. I want to give uh, Pastor Joe uh, a cross. The guys make these at New River. And then... Uh, some coffee. Uh, we roast that coffee in New River. So uh, we do many things. Amen. How many know that roasting coffee is probably pretty close to the will of God? Amen. <laughs> Can I buy an amen? All right. Because my brother, he said it. He brews. Amen. All right. So uh, I'm going to bring the choir up. Uh, and I, I want to introduce uh, Reggie. He's a Teen Challenge graduate. And then Joe is also a Teen Challenge graduate. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. You missed your cue. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Clap your hands, oh, ye people, and shout. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. You're still a little weak. Clap your hands, oh, ye people, and shout. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of praise. Well, there we go. Okay. My name is Reggie. I am the PR rep for the Christian Life Ranch. Right down the road. Uh, I am a Teen Challenge graduate of 2008. 
I am, man, elated to be here with Pastor uh, Skeens and, and this church. We've been talking, and man, he was excited, and his excitement spilled over on the phone to me about today. Uh, I'm going to call the guys up now. I'm going to call the guys up now. <laughs> While they're coming, you may notice how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. He's the name above all names. Come on, y'all know it. Stand with me. He is worthy of our praise and our hearts and our hearts will sing how great is our God come on clap your hands he's the name he's the name above all names he's worthy he's worthy of all praise and my heart and my heart will sing how great is our God. Thank you. All right. Is he great? All right. Y'all can have your seats. I'm here to talk about briefly about we're having a banquet. Say banquet. November 18th at the Scottsdale Plaza Resort. It's going to be for the Christian Life Ranch. And guess what? I got a table for you guys. I'm going to give a free table to Pastor Keens, Skeens, I'm sorry, and this ministry. It seats eight, so you know eight people. You may, I mean, okay, he got eight people. So that table is going to be free of charge. Uh, somebody bought some extra tables, and I said, when I come here Sunday, I asked Pastor Rick, of course. I said, can I give him the table? He said, sure, of course. So you can clap for that. That's, that's all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, I'm going to let Joe talk real quick. Well, good morning, everyone. Sorry I can't sing like that. Um, can't uh, top that. But my name is Joe Ziegler. I'm the student sponsorship coordinator at the Christian Life Ranch. Um, just to tell you a little bit about that video, so if you want to follow up and talk to me about sponsorship, I'll have a table set up out there. You can sponsor a student for $40 a month or $480 a year. It helps pay a student's way through the program. We don't ever turn a man or woman away from our doors that can't afford the program. Uh, we just don't believe that that's Christ's heart, so we don't do that. So sponsorship is a great way of coming alongside a student and showing that you care, that you believe in them, that you believe in what God's doing in their life. Um, and so each month you'll receive, you'd go home with a story card today that tells you a little bit about the student's story. And then following every month, you'll get a good newsletter. And it will just be basically telling you what is going on in a student's life, things that you can pray with them about, uh, things that God's doing in their hearts. And so it's a really cool kind of relational way to stay plugged into the student. So if you're interested in sponsoring a student, please come talk to me uh, after the service. Introduce your wife. Yeah, my, my wife, Lindsay, is here. Uh, and my daughter, Eden, is, yeah. 
I'm a, I'm a 2015 graduate. Uh, I went through the program then, and, you know, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life and give it more abundantly. And I really thought that Jesus just brought me in a teen challenge to get sober, uh, but I soon realized that that was just the beginning of what God wanted to do in my life. I'm accredited, accredited with the Assemblies of God today. I'm a pastor, and uh, eight years ago, as a heroin addict. I was addicted to meth. Um, I was addicted to anything I could escape myself with. Uh, I couldn't stand who I was when I looked in the mirror, and I'm just so thankful for what God has done in my life, and he's given me a beautiful wife. He's given me a daughter. Um, Psalms 118 verse 24 says, Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I like that, that phrase of I will because it's a choice. And there's so many things battling for our affection and our time and our devotion. I'm going to choose to rejoice in the Lord today. And so hopefully we can testify of his goodness today. Thank you, guys. Amen. I thank God for Pastor Rick. He's a good leader. I can hear him talking in my ear even when he's not around. I forgot to mention the tables. If someone would love to buy a table, the table is $567, and individual tickets are 36 Say 36 All right. So we're going to sing our song, then Pastor Rick is going to lead uh, the gentleman in some testimonies. Thank you. You hold my every moment You calm my raging sea You walk with me through fire And heal all my disease I trust in you Lord, I trust in you. I believe you're my healer. I believe you are all I need. Mm, I believe, I believe you're my portion I believe you're more than enough for me Jesus you're all I need you hold my every moment you calm my raging sea. You walk with me through fire and heal all my disease. I trust in you, Lord, I trust You are all, you are all I 
it from your heart. I believe, I believe. You're my portion. You're my portion. I believe, I believe. You're more. You're more than enough for me. Jesus, you're all. Jesus, you're all I need. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for you. You hold my world in your hands. You're my healer, you're my healer, I believe, I believe, you are all I need, you are all I need, oh, I believe, I believe, you're my portion, you're my portion, I believe, I believe, you're more than enough for Jesus, you're all I need to say. Jesus, you're all. You're more than enough for me. More than enough for me. Jesus, you're all. know who I'm going to pick, it increases their prayer life. <laughs> you guys probably know that prayer. Oh, God, please don't let him pick me. How you doing, son? <laughs> um, so this is one of, my, uh, one of my spiritual sons in the Lord, amen. And uh, we started this thing by saying, doesn't the good shepherd leave the 99 to go get the, the one? Amen. Sometimes he has to go after us a couple times. Anybody else in the church? Jesus had to come after you a couple times? Amen. Raise your hand so we know. Okay. Amen. We're in the right place. So uh, Jeremy went through the program in? 2017. Okay, 2017. And uh, what was going on that you said enough's enough? So I, uh, I was battling just alcohol primarily. Um, some can say that I have a genetic predisposition. I'm Irish and native, so, uh, right? So, uh, but I, I started moving into meth. Meth just kind of crept in. I, I was primarily just a drinker, and then meth just came in, and it came in hard. And it just, it, it, it's a spiritual conduit to the evil side, and it got me. It really got its hooks in deep. I, um, I knew God had his hand on me. He got me through Iraq. But when I hit the streets, 
with meth, I remember I, was, I took a shot and I instantly knew it was bad. And there in the middle of a party, guys, drug dealers, everybody, I dropped to my knees. I could feel it spreading through me. I was like, I'm dying. This is it. This is it. I dropped to my knees in front of everybody and I just started saying the only thing I could do was the Lord's Prayer. And I just kept repeating it, repeating it. And no one wanted to call the ambulance. I'm like crying out. No one's like, you don't do that. You don't, you, and people are carrying weight, and I'm just, I'm blowing up the spot, as they would say. And so it was just me and God. I'm like, God, this, I'm, I'm done if you ain't saving me. And I remember it just got all white. And I just, I said I was so scared. I was like trying to come to terms with that I, I, I've killed myself. I'm the one that put it in my, in my arm. And, uh, and it just got real white. And it just got real. Uh, and I just felt like in my most shameful moment, I felt, I felt his hands. And, uh, and by the grace of God, someone called the, the ambulance. I remember I couldn't even see. I, was just, I, I think it blinded me at a point. And I remember waking up and the doctors were just, uh, I I couldn't even tell you how I got there. And they released me, and uh, it was then that I started making my journey, and thank God for Teen Challenge. I mean, in this sea of darkness, in this sea of delusion, this sea of lies, the enemy's telling me that uh, I'm, I'm where I, I'm getting what I deserve. I'm feeling like society feels like I'm a pariah. You have no turn, but then there's Teen Challenge, and they just welcomed me. They got that light on, and that sea of darkness, they got a light on. And they let me come, and they've been just... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. If that's any testament from where I was to where I'm at now, that's, that's what I got. Thanks, Jeremy. Good job. Come here, certified. I got the privilege to work with this guy a couple weeks ago. I always, always get blessed. I don't always get to hang out with the guys, but when I do, it's always fun. So tell us a little bit of your story. First, your name and how old are you? Uh, my name's Greg. I'm 33 years old. Um, so basically what, what got, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so mine was a very, um, kind of crazy story. Uh, so basically I just lived a life of, you know, rebellion and disobedience to God due to, you know, going through a lot of stuff in my childhood of, uh, you know, physical, sexual abuse, um, as a child. So I, I grew up very angry and bitter, um, and, you know, I, I grew up in South Phoenix of Arizona. Uh, I, you know, got involved with, you know, the gang-related uh, scene and um, just was really doing the most. And it, it led me to, uh, you know, led me to, to prison um, twice. My second time, I almost didn't make it home. Uh, by the grace of God, I did. Um, a couple of guys tried to stab me, um, and I got up and I, I went, I charged at them and, and they both fled and I walked out of the door and uh, <clears throat> later on another brother said that he uh, seen me coming out of the door that day and he said he saw an angel hovering above me. Um, and so by the grace of God, I, you know, I made it home um, and uh, they even tried to come after me after I got out, after I, I came home and uh but he still protected me through the whole thing and um i just remember i remember uh telling talking to my pastor 
um, from my church and, uh, you know, the church, they were, they were praying for me and um, one of the members of the church uh, went to a teen challenge in, or, or I'm sorry, he was a staff member of a teen challenge in um, California. He's the one that told me about it. And uh, so really it was through this program, coming to this program is what saved my life. And uh, so when I got here, I remember the, one of the first things um, that happened at, a, um, at, at one of a church service in, in, in Phoenix, um, a, uh, a pastor walked up to me as I was uh, just crying out to God and, and, and just on my knees and, um, you know, just, just praying for, for uh, just deliverance from my enemies, you know. And he walked up to me, and he put his hand on me, never met the guy in my life, and he says, God wanted, wanted me to let you know that the enemies that oppress you, he's got their, his foot on their throats. And uh, so, and then a couple of other times, too, I got a couple of words of knowledge that he, he was telling me that it, it's done, it's over, he's got me, that, that no weapon formed against me will prevail, and that if he is for me, nobody can stand against me. So, um, and uh, so, yeah. That's your favorite scripture. Um, favorite scripture is probably uh, Romans eight twenty eight. All things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. Oh, that's good. Chris, briefly, what was going on in your life? You said enough's enough, and and here you are, Teen Challenge. Um, I grew up dealing with a lot of depression and mental illness, and I came back from the service. I was in the Marines and just wasn't the same person no more. Nobody in my life really wanted to accept me anymore, and they didn't know really who I was. I started losing track of who I was in that whole mess. Um, I went full-blown schizophrenic. I had six personalities. Every two minutes I would change. Um, could never really figure out who I was or what was really reality. And it was just an unbearable existence that I turned to drugs. And I did just about every drug you could think of. I was trying to kill myself. Couldn't handle my life. I didn't feel like anybody could help me or I was unfixable. And um, it was just too much. And I mean, I've, I've died over 15 times. I've had to be resuscitated. The doctors could never explain me laying on the ground that long, flatlined. And the only person, the only thing I could really explain that is, is God 100%. And it's been a long road of trying to surrender me being a Marine and all. It's not a thing that we do. So even to this day, I still struggle with it. But he's pulled me out of a really dark hole that I didn't think could ever be crawled out of ever. Believe God has plans for your future? Oh, 100%. That was part of the, the struggle is I felt life was meaningless. I didn't deem anything worthy of my time. Um, I had no purpose whatsoever, and I'm finally figuring that out now here. It's taken a long time. Good job. Let's see. Hey, Shelby, how you doing? Nah, we're doing. You're the bonus round. How you doing, Shelby? I'm doing great, thank you. Share a little bit of your story. What was going on? You said enough's enough, and here you are. Teen Challenge. Cool. All right, thank you for having us. Um, so I'm from a small town in southeast Idaho. Uh, growing up, um, my mom was a single mom. She had me when she was like 17 years old. So 
I kind of did whatever I wanted. I lived a worldly life. I drugs and alcohol from a really, really long, young age. And um, I was able to maintain. I went to college, you know, did all right for a while. But I was in this downward spiral. And uh, COVID hit, and my company went to work from home. And so uh, the word says uh, the, the devil or Satan goes around like a prying, prowl, uh, prowling lion seeking who he can de uh, devour. And a lion devours someone when they're alone off. And I was isolated. And um, I just, you know, kept going, kept going. And then God intervened. I started getting arrested, um, which my mom was praying for, so praying moms, right? And uh, <laughs> it's like, that's like the kung fu of uh, Christianity is praying moms. Right. Yeah. So in jail, uh, I finally was like, I don't care what I look like. I obviously don't look that great in the first place, but... I'm just going, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to surrender over to God, you know, and who cares what anyone thinks. And, uh, you know, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit while I was in jail. Um, this church obviously knows how important community is, and uh, God brought me to this community, and, um, yeah, praise God. Amen. Thanks, Shelby. All right. Would you guys give these guys a hand as they go sit? Go ahead, fellas. Good job. How would you like a couple of these guys to come to your door and say, I'm here to tell you about Jesus? How many are going to get saved right there? Amen. Well, my name is Rick, and uh, God bless you guys. It's really been a sweet uh, presence of God here. Uh, as you can imagine, we travel a lot. We go to a lot of different churches and uh, sometimes it's the chosen frozen and other times it's like being at home and so um, that worship was awesome so thanks pastor for letting us come and hang out um, I got a couple gifts I want to give away if I can uh, anybody like coffee yeah okay somebody on the worship team like coffee Okay, he raised his hand twice. <laughs> so he gets coffee. All right, young man. Here you go. You're welcome. And then, anybody like a cross? All right. This, she was waving at me. That's crazy. Here you go. Thank you. So thank you for um, investing in changed lives. Amen? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 and 15, it says to pursue peace with all men. We were, the brother got up here and was talking about those all and everyone. And, and that's like one of my favorite scriptures. I've been preaching out of, out of Hebrews for a few. It says to pursue peace with all men right? And holiness without which no one will see God. And then it says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root springs up defiling many. Father, I thank you that your word never returns void. It always does what you sent it to do. And God, just be with us in these brief moments in Jesus' name. Amen. So my story 
is, is I am uh, the oldest out of five boys. And I'm kind of wild. And even though I'm born again, there's still a wild side to me. And I've learned that I need Jesus more today than I did when I walked into Teen Challenge in 1999. And it's kind of really cool to be here with you. So, so just help me be a little nostalgic. So my mom uh, used to take us boys to church, whether we wanted to go or not. So you could say we had an early drug problem. My mom drug us boys to church, all right? So she would take us to church, and she was looking for the right church that we would plug in as boys. And I was really into guitar. I still am. So I was already, like, playing all the devil music, and that was right during that time when I was 13 when they were doing all that backwards masking stuff and burning everybody's music. And does anyone recall that? Am I in the right crowd? Okay, sweet. Because that dates me. Amen. I just turned 55 this year, so I'm not a teenager anymore. And she brought us to this church that had this guitar playing, you know, youth pastor and you know, it was really cool. It was, you know, it was awesome. I was like, oh, I didn't know that you could play guitar and be a pastor. That's kind of cool, right? I thought pastors were all boring. And uh, so I got to know the pastor, and pretty soon we're, he's like, got all, he's doing these shut-ins where they bring you in and shut you in, and they worship God and have these worship sit-ins and whatever. And and uh, I was still pretty wild. I wasn't saved. And they're like, we're going to Magic Mountain. And I was like, man, the only thing that makes Magic Mountain better is weed. <laughs> so I'm going to bring some of that with me to the Magic Mountain trip. So it'll be more magical. <laughs> True story. And as you probably figured out, I'm not a good criminal. I got caught by the guitar-playing pastor. He's like, I'm going to tell your dad. I was like, anything but that. I'll wash toilets. I'll do whatever. He's like, well, then I'm telling your mom. I'm like, that's cool. That's safe. I'll live after that. Tell my dad. Just a strong possibility I won't live. So I had my first real encounter with God at this church. That happened when I was 13 years old. In fact, the church was over there before it was here. And I believe the pastor then was Cloud, Pastor Cloud. And um, I believe the associate was Zane. And the guitar-playing pastor was Drew Isaacs. So happy to report I'm still friends with all those folks. Amen. They're still going to keep me even after all that. But I had my first real encounter with God at this church. And I'd love to tell you that I surrendered my life to God right there. And, well, we know the story, right? I did not. I did not. But God was hard after me, even though I denied him. And as things progressed, I got worse. I got into more and harder drugs. 
And pretty soon, I was in a really bad relationship, had a little girl named Ashley, and I could not stop using drugs. I couldn't, like somewhere it was fun, but somehow I couldn't stop. And I tried to stop for my kids. I couldn't do it. I tried to stop for my marriage. Couldn't do it. I couldn't stop. So I ended up really in a bad place. How many know that drugs can take you to a bad place. It was so bad that my wife joined the army to get away from me. That's next level of what just happened. You know you're a mess when your wife will join the army to get away from you. And so I moved back home with my mom and dad because I had our daughter and, you know, there was no way I was going to be able to work and take care of it. And so here, you know, living at home, I was feeling like the biggest loser ever. My dad was like my hero. Any dads in the audience today? No dads. Okay. <laughs> you can always tell when there's dads here because it gets really quiet. He's going to talk to me. How many dads we have in the audience? You're heroes, man. You're heroes. Whether you know it or not, man, your kids are looking at you, looking towards you, looking forward. They look at you as their hero. And my dad was my hero. And my dad ended up having this really bad heart attack, which turned into a stroke. My dad would just sit and stare at the wall. He wouldn't play with his granddaughter. He was just depressed. And it just got worse. And then... Basically, my dad thought he was going to be giving everybody a present by ending his life. And so my birthday is 9-11. My mom's is 9-14. He went in on my mom's birthday and took his life. My daughter, Ashley, was about four years old, and she went in and found my dad shot. And so for me, I was so angry. I don't even know if I can really tell you or give you the mental I don't know I was out of it I was I was so angry like hey, if God was so good why would he allow something like this to happen to my mom that was where my head went and I'm glad God's a few steps ahead so I'm at the hospital and they're telling us he's not going to make it and in my mind, I was like, I don't want my mom to go back to our house and see that. And my mom's pastor uh, at the time was Paul Singh. And Paul Singh was at the time, you know, he was, he was kind of like this geeky pastor. He was kind of goofy. He was kind of like a Magoo, you know, I don't know. And, but he, he loved people. And he would not let me go back to the house and clean that up by myself. He's like, let me go with you. Does not the good shepherd leave the 99 to go get the one? And Paul would not let me go by myself. He was like, nah, you're, you're getting in the car with me and we're driving. So just so you guys know, I was already dealing drugs. I was already a criminal. I was already fighting Already had a, you know, on probation, all of that was going on. And it wasn't a secret. 
And there's a couple things that you need to know about drug addicts. There's a couple people we don't want to talk to on purpose. And one of those peoples is police officers. And the other part of those peoples are pastors. You don't talk to men of God, bro. I'm like, I'm not getting in the car with a man of God. Dude's probably got a little auto Bible that comes out of the glove compartment. (laughs) I'm going to get scripture whipped, man. You're going to hell. I'm like, dude, I am not getting in the car with a pastor. He's like, nope, nope. Come on, man. Get in the car. We're going. And so this was when it was called John C. Lincoln. We hop in the car, John C. Lincoln. And he doesn't say a word. 20 minutes, man. It was the most awkward ride ever. Like, what is going on, dude? And we get there, and we start, you know, I'm trying to get into this mental frame where I can go in there and clean this mess up and clean the sheets up and, you know, because they treat it like a crime scene. You know, there's, like, crime scene tape, and it's really, it was really traumatic. So we're in the middle of my mom and dad's bedroom, and we're cleaning the stuff up, and I realize I'm lost. And I said it out loud. I said, man, I'm lost. I'm so lost, man. I'm lost. I knew I was lost. I knew it, and it was just that much more evident to me. And Paul comes over and grabs me and says, Rick, I love you. And I'm like, dude, how could anyone possibly love me? My wife has joined the army. My dad has killed himself. My daughter is distraught. I am a loser. I'm, I'm going to prison. I mean, there's... No, man. He's like, oh, man, I love you, Rick. I love you. Can I tell you that that really messed me up? Can, can I mess with your theology a little bit? Like, after that day... I didn't, like, get down and ask Jesus into my heart or any of that. I was just like, what? This dude loves me? I'd be in the middle of a drug deal, and I would hear, Rick, I love you. That will mess with your theology. Like, I couldn't get it out of my head. So I called him. I said, what did you do to me? (laughs) I can't even sin right, dude. I can't even... I can't even have fun. Like, I messed up. And he said something to me that my mom used to say to me all the time. There's a call on your life. There's a call on your life. I'm like, ah. That call, that's a busy signal. I'm not answering that call. Like, Mom, you're crazy. What God has got nothing to do with me. And Paul's like, oh, man. He would, he would do this, oh, Rick. You get this crazy look on his eye. God's got a call on your life. I'm like, that's crazy. And so things got worse. So I called the one person that I felt I could trust. He was the one guy that went with me to go do something that was totally terrible. He went with me to go clean that mess up. Like the one guy that's been there when I was at my worst, I called him. I said, hey, I... I think I'm dying. I think I'm killing myself. He's like, oh, there's this place called Teen Challenge. I'm going to set you up for some counseling there. Now, folks, I don't know if you've ever had Teen Challenge counseling, but it's not like what you think. Like, you hear the word counseling, you're like, 
Oh, okay, cool. No. Teen Challenge Counseling. It's a bunch of prayer, right? I go into this room, and this guy's like 927 years old, man. And I'm like, dude, I need help. And you go find the oldest dude in the shed. He looks like he's got to be propped up. You know what I mean? Like, and this guy, he comes in, he sits down, and you know, we didn't have nice chairs. We had these like fold-out chairs, whatever. He's like, sit down. And he had this low voice. And I'm like, dude, it was creepy. I sat down, and this guy goes, what do you want? And all of a sudden, I felt that presence. You know, when you're not saved and you feel the presence of God, it's frightening. And I was, like, scared. I'm like, okay, first I was annoyed, now I'm scared. And now I just want to get out of here. I just want to leave. And he's like, hey, Rick, my name is John. John Swank. He was a strange guy. But he knew Jesus, man. But he was a strange cat. And he said, I'm going to pray for you, and then you're going to pray. And I'm thinking, what kind of counseling is this, man? <laughs> and he prayed to God like God was his friend. God, this is Rick. And he's messed up. I'm like, this is already going off the hill, bro. And, and he grabs my hands and... And he's like, and he prays us crazy. I can only remember a couple things because I was so wanting to get out of there. And he's like, God, every time it gets out of your will, let it be like thorns. And he was smiling when he said that. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, who smiles like that? And Lord, every time that he does something that's not your will, just let it be like dust in his mouth. I'm like, bro. This guy's praying a country western song on me. He's like, dust and thorns. Like, this isn't there like a Kansas song that I do? And he's like, now you're going to pray. I'm like, God, I need help. Amen. And I left that thing going, man, I couldn't believe what just happened. And, I, and then I was like, Paul, what did you do to me? And this guy is crazy. He's like, oh, man, that's a man of God. I said, well, something was strange because I was terrified, and I could have took that dude out with one fist. He's like, oh, man, God has a call on your life. God has a call on your life. I left there, and I got arrested, like, in a string of time. I got arrested, like, six or seven times, which, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but that's not normal anyways, right? But then when you get arrested a bunch, you're like, what is going on? And all I could remember was that crazy prayer dust, thorns. The last time I got arrested, we were driving this way, and the cop was coming this way. And it was like this thing, you know, when you're doing illegal stuff, you don't look at cops. Like, don't look at him. Don't look at him. And for whatever reason, I'm just that guy. Like, when mom says, don't touch that, it's hot. Must touch. It's hot. <laughs> My friend's like, don't look. It's a cop. I'm not driving. I'm in the passenger seat. And there's the cop. And I look. <laughs> and his eyes met my eyes. And I was like, whoa, he's looking right at us. I told you not to look at him. <laughs> he turns around. 
he's pulling us over, man. He's like, you look at him. Pulls us over. He doesn't go to the driver. He goes to my window. Can I see your license? You're doing this wrong, pal. Like I told him, I'm not driving. He's like, I know. I'm like, you're doing it wrong. He's driving. He's like, no, I want to see your license. Of course, I know I have a warrant. I'm going to jail. I'm in the back of the cop car, and I'm like, so mad. I'm like, what is going on? He's like, well, sir, I'm a born-again Christian. How many know God's got your number, right? I'm a born-again Christian, and when I patrol, I pray. How many know I'm in the, the not awesome mood right now? I'm like, He's like, and when I pray, I get these feelings. As soon as I saw you, I knew. I was like, oh, bro, you can't make this stuff up, man. My mom used to say that same thing to me. I pray for you, and I get these feelings. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This cop knows my mom. <laughs> I'm sure in the story, because you can't outrun God. And you might think bitterness in your life has distanced you from God. I want to tell you, if you're here, God has your number. You might think that you're here by accident today or some strange circumstance that pastor talked about. I'm here to tell you, God has your number. He has your number. So... I finally called Paul, and I said, Paul, I'm done running. I can't outrun God. I can't outrun this thing. He's like, oh, you should go to Teen Challenge. I'm like, anywhere but Teen Challenge, Paul. He's like, no, you need to go to Teen Challenge. And I fought with it and fought with it, and finally I said, man, I'm done. I can't quit. I can't stop. My drug, my drug addiction, like for me, it wasn't just about the, the drug addiction. It was about being in the game. It was like being in that that the the adrenaline of it the you know i can't really explain it. it was like being a part of that whole thing was like part of the addiction it was the excitement the thrill and see i didn't know following god was exciting i didn't know that because most of the people i knew follow god were weird but paul pastor paul He's like, tell me all these stories. And he's like, and you're one of them. That's really weird. He's like, yeah, you getting saved, that's like next level miracle. How many know that's kind of like a, wait a minute. <laughs> I went in Teen Challenge, and I'd love to tell you that I was like, yes, I've made it. Can I tell you the truth that not one guy I've ever seen come to Teen Challenge <laughs> shows up like that. They're usually, like when you're preaching a Teen Challenge, you look out into a sea of, ah. It's rough preaching a Teen Challenge, man. There's like two people that are happy to be there. They finally got saved, and the rest are all, ah. I dare you to bless me, bro. It's It's rough. But I'm going to tell you, I've seen some hardcore felons who were just completely wiped out on heroin get saved. 
and then start leading other people to Jesus. I've seen people that were so strung out and lost their mind on crystal meth preaching the gospel. I've seen people that folks had written off and said, there's no hope, there's no way doing stuff for the Lord. So no one can ever tell me that God ain't real. In fact, I'm pretty sure he's crazy. Because, like, God's up there going, I need someone that's addicted. Can you imagine that? Could you imagine that? I need somebody that's a liar. I need somebody that never keeps their word. I need someone that's so desperate, their life is a complete wreck, and they've got nothing. That's the guy I need. You cannot tell me God is like, I mean, could you, like, seriously, look in the mirror. God needs me. Can I buy an amen right there? God needs me. Not only does he need me, he wants me. I love that about God. I love, I love, I love, I love that God is crazy. He's crazy. Because if he, was in, if he was the pastor of the church, he would not say any of those things. Uh, yeah, could you go out there on the street and find someone that's completely almost dead? That's the guy I want. But that's how God is. He just, he comes after you. He's relentless. Like once you've heard that God has a call in your life, it's over. Every time I've tried to quit Teen Challenge and quit ministry, I get really miserable. Oh, you, oh, you wouldn't quit. Oh, man. It's rough plowing some days, amen? What is it about your life? What is it about God so loved the world that he gave? Right? We know that, that he gave. You're never more like the Lord than when you give, Right? And he didn't just give what was acceptable. He overgave, right? So in this ministry of being a Christian, because if you're a Christian, guess what? You're in ministry. People try to tell me, oh, I'm not in full-time ministry. Uh, are you born again? Yes. Uh, I hate to be the one to break the bad news to you, but you're in full-time ministry. And I think some of the disservice that we've done is we've made this holy and that secular. But I want to tell you, God is all about going after the secular. He pursued me when I wanted nothing to do with him. He pursued me when I was so far away from God. It was like the continental. I was out there. And yet he still pursued me. And he sent people that I would normally not listen to, like someone that's 927 years old, right? Or Pastor Paul was kind of a magoo. <laughs> he didn't send people just like me. He sent people that weren't like me at all. Well, I can't do that. Yes, you can. What's the one person in your life that God has sent you after? Because if you ain't pursuing somebody for Jesus... You're doing it wrong. If you're not pursuing the lost, you're doing it wrong. 
Nobody likes that word. I'm so glad Paul pursued me. I'm so glad that he got in the car with a known felon. Now, here's the funny backstory. Me and Paul are still connected to this day. And I tell the story of how terrified I was to get in the car with the man of God. And here's, here's Paul. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but I think I was a little bit more afraid than you. I don't know if you remember or not, but you were on meth. <laughs> and you weren't saved. And you were a drug dealer. And, and, yeah, it's kind of funny. What made Paul different? I mean, he was pastor of a church. He didn't have to do that. What made him different? What made him different? See to it that no one, no one falls short of the grace of God. I was so bitter, church, from my dad's suicide. I was so angry that my little girl found him. I was so mad at God. I'm going to tell you, I had another level of anger. He did it on my mom's birthday. I was fuming. And yet, he had the courage to tell some whacked out dude, get in the car. We're going over there. Why do I tell that story? Sometimes it's easy to tell, sometimes it's hard. Today it's a little hard. Today it's a little hard. I still miss my dad, church. I still love my dad. But there was a time that the enemy had taken every good memory and turned it to bitterness. And today I can, I can talk about him without being angry. Why? Because Jesus did a work in me. Has it been easy? Absolutely not. When I learned that transparency, vulnerability, and accountability were the path to, to healing, it bummed me out. It says, confess your faults, James 5, 16, 17. Confess your faults to one another, praying for each other that you might be healed. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous person avails much. Right? How about James 4, 6? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know, what I've learned over the years is that God's grace is where it's at. And now it's a truth, it's not the truth, but I want to tell you, God's grace is what opened the door for me to come in. Like, really? God wants me? Why would he want me? Why? I'm nobody, I'm nothing. Can I tell you that even after all these years of being at Teen Challenge, I still get super nervous every time I speak. I still beg God, God, you got to be with me because, you know, I'm going to be talking and I don't want to be looking stupid. <laughs> He's like, talk about me. Good idea. <laughs> I get nervous. I feel not worth every, every single time because I know there might be someone that's lost. 
Because I know there might be somebody that's hanging on by a thread. And you don't have to be a prophet in a group this size to know somebody is struggling. Can I get the keyboard player to come up? I want to I wanna end this time with an invitation. I know my story is not a normal story. And we all know I'm not normal. Amen. All right. But I also know that God ordained you to be here today. Now, whether you've been serving Jesus for 30 years or 30 minutes, we all need Jesus. And whether your worst sin is heroin, drug addiction, relationship addiction, whatever, or eating Twinkies at 2 a.m., you were going to the same devil's hell I was going to. It's not about the degree of what's worse, what's bad. It's about the need for a Savior. See, I need Jesus today just as much, if not more, than when I walked into the doors of Teen Challenge 24 years ago. I am so desperate for the Lord to be involved in everything I do because when I'm in charge, it's bad news. Amen. And so I want to make an appeal for Jesus. Are you sitting here and you've got bitterness going on? There's bitterness of things that I wish things would have had happened differently. Amen? Am I talking to the right people? I wish things had gone differently. And it's, it's kind of taking you out of the game, being effective. I want you to be effective. Amen? The Lord wants you to be effective. So if you'd bow your head with me real quick. I don't want anyone looking around. If you're here this morning and you know you've been away from Jesus, just slip your hand up real quick. Okay. See those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to make an appeal that you, sitting right where you're at, Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. It's that simple. It doesn't have to be a big production church or the right prayer. It's knowing that you need him. Lord Jesus, I invite you in to my life, not just to save me, but to be with me, to be my Lord and my master. And so, Lord, for every hand that was raised, I pray that and agree with you that your will would be done in their life. And then the other part that I'm having a hard time getting away from, there's been some bad things that have happened. And you're trying to understand it. If that's you, just slip your hand up real quick. Amen. 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 Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, for everyone that raised their hand. 
Lord, you said that you're the comforter. And so, Lord, we need your comfort more than anything in this moment. But I'm praying that you restore the joy of your salvation to those raised hands. Bad things happen. But that's not the end of the story. Just like my dad was not the end of the story. And so, Lord, we confess our doubt. We confess our unbelief. We ask you, Lord, to forgive us. And show us the path that you've laid before us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. If you had a moment with Jesus, would you just give him some praise right now? Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Pastor, thanks for letting us come and hang out with you, bro. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. Let's give it up for Teen Challenge one more time. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for that word. I, I, I secretly love that you stayed on the floor the whole time because I know you're driving Don crazy. He's our camera guy. They're trying to get the lighting right and everything, and it's, it's centered right here, but no, Pastor Rick's going to be on the floor the whole time. That's all right. We heard what you said, and that was a powerful word, bro. Thank you so much for bringing that to us. Man, I'll tell you what, if you're in the room today and you received Christ uh, for the first time and you begin a relationship with Jesus today, before you leave today, I want you to make sure you stop by the hub on your way out because we've got a Bible for you uh, that we want to give you and make sure that you have some next steps as well. But thank you so much for giving that invitation today too. Um, God is so good. I'm so thankful for the ministry that has happened today. Are you thankful? Okay, get out your wallets. So in all seriousness, in just a moment, we're going to uh, step into a time of giving. And this is a time, again, we're taking one offering. Uh, so if you came today prepared to give your tithes and offerings to the church, please do that. Uh, but if the Lord has laid something on your heart to give something a little extra to Teen Challenge today, um, then make sure you designate that by using an envelope or uh, selecting guest speaker on the app if you give that way. Uh, and also, before you leave today, check out their booth, guys. They got a booth in the lobby. Um, it looks like they're selling some of that coffee, too. So if you didn't get a free bag, you can buy some. Um, and you can learn about sponsoring a student as well. Uh, guys, this is an incredible opportunity. I don't know about you, but I, I want to invest my money where there's fruit. I want to invest my money where God's doing something. God's doing something in Teen Challenge. If you believe that, make some noise. So before we pray over the offering, um, uh, just a few announcements. Uh, number one, uh, tonight, it's six o'clock. We have pursuit. And so if you thought what you experienced this, mor this morning was awesome, I have to tell you that God is not done. Come back here, six o'clock tonight. We would love, to, I, I don't know, you guys probably have a full schedule, Teen Challenge, but you're welcome back. We'd love to have you come back if you feel like making the drive twice. Um, but what we're doing is simple. 
We're pursuing the presence of Jesus because we know that one encounter can change everything. And so we're just going to be singing, worshiping, praying, and connecting with the creator of the universe. And you don't want to miss it. So come back and be a part of that tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, also, um, we are still collecting candy for uh, the school's fall fest that they're having uh, across the parking lot here. And we also are needing you to not only donate candy, but to sign up to host a car uh, for Trunk or Treat. And so we want you to sign up to decorate your car, to bring a game that the kids can play. And we're just going to bless them uh, with some candy and be a light in the darkness and so uh, we want you to come and be a part of that. And then lastly, we have a partnership lunch coming up on um, October the 29th following the Sunday morning gathering. Partnership is the word that we have chosen to use instead of membership because this is uh, a step up in um, commitment and involvement. This is so much more than just saying, this is my church because you can just come regularly and we know it's your church, right? But this is stepping in and saying, you, my church can count on me to faithfully support them through finances and through prayer and by serving on fountain teams. And so if that's you and you're interested in being a part of that, then we uh, encourage you to sign up for that partnership lunch and it's gonna be amazing, amen? All right, well, stand to your feet. We're gonna pray over the offering and remind you that there's three ways you can give today. You can use the buckets that are on the tables in the back on your way out. We also have a lockbox over there if you happen to miss the buckets before they're collected. You can give online through the app, um, and you can also mail your checks into the address on the screen if you're watching at home today. But let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you did today. God, you are incredible. You are awesome. You are merciful. We heard story after story of how incredible your love is. And I pray that no one would walk away today without first encountering that love. I thank you for those who stepped into a relationship with you, either for the first time or maybe they came back again, Lord. Thank you that you're merciful and that your arms are always open. Bless us as we give today, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't forget to give on your way out. We love you guys. Have an incredible day. Hope to see you back tonight.